You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you bunk? Well, uh, Richard, <laughs> we're talking about uh, a Hulu original movie today called The Binge. And mm-hmm. I-, I want everybody to stick around for our review of it or discussion of it, a- as you will. But I have to say this right here at the top. I hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we did this whole thing last week about how I was like, oh, I don't want to just say hate and d- be dismissive and no, I can. I should be able to find something interesting about any any movie, but yeah, this was a bad movie for me. Well, uh, you're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get more into it then. I still hope that everybody uh, listens to the discussion later because I'm sure we'll have stuff to talk about. But yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way now that, I, yeah, I just did not care for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely get into it. Uh, if you thought, uh, no, I probably still have stronger words for the tax collector than uh, <laughs> than this movie. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's let's talk about a little bit of new stuff, though, um, it, because it's you know pandemic time, and it, people just don't understand that they need to stay home. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is being pushed back to december one week after dune which is both are from the warner brothers studio hmm. uh it's probably not the best idea for them to do such a thing like to, to compete against each other at that point but then again i was thinking like are there going to be any other movies in the theater i mean tenant I mean, which is also Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. I haven't heard. Uh, I don't know. It was funny. Like I was like flipping through the channels the other day on like Pluto because uh, that's like my new thing. So it's like I don't know. It's weird. They they have like this whole like channel that's just nothing but Star Trek Next Generation. Ration, Next Generation can't talk. And, oh really? like, for, Yeah. And for like for some reason. I've just like that's the only thing I've been putting on for like the background because I'm like I'm at some point like decades ago I watched all of these I certainly don't remember them but it's cool enough just to have one in the background so anyway I think it was on Pluto maybe or I don't know maybe it was on Twitch or something I don't know I saw an advertisement for this and it was all like big movies back in theaters and i was like yeah to tiny crowds though (laughs) awesome uh i was just like clearly people are not ready to go back and rightfully so i mean you're a lot from from at least what we kind of understand of it right now uh you're i believe this is the number but i could be slightly off on my statistics here uh i believe you're 25 percent more likely to get it in an enclosed air environment than being outdoors i think or maybe oh, yeah. numbers higher or lower i don't know don't quote me i'm not a uh virologist uh etym- etymologist uh person that uh, does science clearly that's why i talk in movies uh i'm in the sweet sweet science of uh talking about other people's arts um 
<laughs> yeah. So, you know, of course, like a review, take that with a grain of salt, because I, I certainly am not a uh, professional at that. But I will say, I think there, I, th- I think we've kind of seen this. Actually, wait, we did talk about this last podcast. Do you have updated numbers for Tenant? Did, did oh. they see any big jump or, uh, or did they have a good drop off? I don't know if I have any updated numbers because let me see. I mean, I mean, last time last time I saw anything, it was uh, still not tracking too well mm. dates, but it was tracking well. I mean, yeah, because well yeah, I, I know when we first talked about it, like it, it, it had an opening weekend of around like 150 million. And they originally pre-COVID were anticipating like 800 million uh, or 865 or 875, eight something, I believe, um, was kind of a projected number for it to be considered uh, successful for them or or maybe not even successful. But that's kind of the expectation they had of it. And then. Uh, I vaguely remember, I think last podcast or last week, you were like, yeah, it opened 150 mil glo- globally, I think. Yeah, worldwide, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just curious because this would be technically the second weekend that it's out. So I, I'm just wondering if it's... Uh... Actually, this would be the third weekend it was out. Oh, it's the third weekend. Okay, my I apologize. So this Box Office Mojo uh, article says, Tenant braces for week three after disappointing second weekend. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it's... it didn't make a lot of money its second weekend sounds like and uh they don't plan on it making too much more this third weekend yeah and and i mean i think at this point it it it's almost going to feel like a marathon right like traditionally you want it to be a sprint you want to recoup all that money as quickly and efficiently as possible on your opening weekend but you you're right i mean there's just really not a lot of things coming out uh so i mean i imagine the smart play would be just to leave it in theaters basically indefinitely like milk it for everything that you you can because you're right it's it's probably not going to have a lot of competition uh and i think the hope would be is if you can keep it in there long enough that people you know start feeling safe and comfortable enough to maybe go back to the theater maybe then you start seeing some some larger returns but i think it's a I think it's a step away from a hail mary at this point uh, if i had to go to my madden knowledge uh <laughs> That would be it. Yeah, I, I I think that you're 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 right. It needs to be in there for a long. I think we're gonna see like a return to movies being in the theater for a super long time, at least for the immediate future. Like it's just, I as much as people talk about wanting to go back and they're you know it's it's the idea of being in a in a enclosed theater with strangers, even if you are distant and possibly wearing a mask or they're wearing a mask it's still taking masks off to eat it's it's Mm -hmm. breathing the recirculated air it's 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 hoping that the theater employees came in there and cleaned thoroughly like in between movies and i'm not i'm not knocking any employee but like people are human you know oh yeah it, it, it can happen so i mean we're flawed and uh you know we make mistakes and a lot of them probably overworked at this point in a certain capacity right and so you know yeah it's tough Uh, let me ask you this though and i feel like i should know the answer to this but i don't really off the top of my head so uh you said all those were warner brothers does warner brothers have any direct connection to any streaming platforms yeah hbo max is theirs it's theirs right okay so this is my thing 
why don't they, and, and again, this could be a contractual obligation thing that they have. But again, I would think at this point, even if you were Chris Nolan, seeing the numbers, I feel like you would be like, hey, what if we try the Mulan approach here and we leave it in the theater, but we also make it available for like a $30 rental or a $20 rental or whatever, right? Because I think I think uh, Bill and Ted did 20 and I think Mulan was 30, but you were telling me Mulan was a lot more like leasing it. It stays kind of linked to your Disney account, uh, uh, Disney Plus account for at least the foreseeable future, right? Right, exactly. As long as you have a Disney Plus account, you have Mulan if you paid the $30. And then in December, you get, if you have a Disney Plus account, you get the movie also. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure that after a month or maybe two months, you're, they're probably going to be like, yeah, maybe we need to do the premium access route with the movie and and throw it up there on on hbo max they're they're probably figuring out how to how to do that right now like what how how do we set up the system to to handle something like that because as much as i don't want to say nolan himself because i never heard him actually say it but uh the way that a lot of media was was throwing it out there was like he's going to be the savior of movie theaters and, and with tenant and it's going to bring everybody back and it's going to be the big block pusher that everybody hopes it's going to be. But unfortunately people aren't staying home enough, you know, staying socially distant enough so that they don't uh, contract it. And the numbers have gone down so that people feel safe enough to go to the theater. Well, the, I mean, again, the thing we're seeing at least as uh, at least what I saw today before recording this, the numbers are actually starting to go back up. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're, we're actually heading into kind of flu season. So, you know, that could potentially provide some more problems. I, I really think I, I you know, I, I do. I do think that this movie could have been that. I just think it could have been that in 2021. Like, I still think we're we're way too early on in this. People are still stretched way too thin. There's so many people that are like financially struggling that. Honestly, even if they had the wherewithal to go to the theater, they probably don't have the disposable income right now. So, I mean, that's a whole other side of the equation as well, right? Is you probably do have a ton of people that want to go uh, and and feel safe enough to go, but just literally probably can't afford the extra money right now. Yeah, no, no, I, you're, that's absolutely right. Like it's in in and i think people or studios or whoever needs needs to get on board with the idea that the landscape of movie watching is changing it's changing dramatically dramatically Dram- dramatically i like yeah. that word so much better though it's it's got so much gravitas to it it sounds <laughs> dramatically dramatically yeah uh webster uh talk to us we're gonna we want to tr- trademark you heard it here first that's uh mitch original we own that uh, it's geekly uh media yeah right there yeah uh, but yes it, it's 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 changing to the point where you, people the studios are gonna st- the studios or filmmakers or whoever are gonna have to get to used to the idea that people are gonna want to watch stuff at home well, and, you know and, and, and you're absolutely right and the funny thing about this the truly funny thing about this is is the industry and and i i agree i love going to the theater right it's a very like almost i would say religious type of thing for for us yeah. Right. Um, so I do see that side of it the same way I, I, you know, understand that shooting on digital in a lot of cases is a lot easier. But you still have people like Nolan that love actual film. Uh, but, you know, the reality is, is the 
landscape behind going to the theaters, like you said, has been shifting for a long while. And the industry has been very, I would say, kind of reserve in making that move. But you're at a point right now where I don't think you can do that. I think you have to almost double or triple down on finding ways to VOD and, and you know, get it out to as many platforms as possible. And I mean, that's the thing. I guarantee you everyone, every streaming platform on the planet is probably chomping at the bit for uh, content get it on all of them you know throw it on hbo max as like maybe a larger scale rental you know get the licensing agreements or or whatever to the other streaming platforms and and literally shotgun that thing out to everyone and just get it out to as many places as you can uh and i feel i don't know i feel like maybe that's a better play at this point but i don't know i, I don't think know. i think you're absolutely right i think that's exactly what you know, is the it that's the future. I think that's definitely what it, it's gonna have to become. And yeah. uh, I mean, trust yeah, like you said, I want to go to the movie theaters just as much. And the other thing that's kind of be having a resurgence, basically having a resurgence now is the drive in drive-ins. Yeah. Which cool. You 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 want that experience is great. And I'll go to a drive in if if there was one near me. I you know, it it, it if it's possible, but like you also have to take into account that it's not the best way to watch a movie because you got uh, cars going back and forth constantly. You know, the lighting's never going to be right. Uh, you're using your speakers in your car to listen to the movie. It's just, it's never, it's not going to be, it's definitely not going to be the same as going to the theater. So if you're, you know, if you, if I had the, the uh, choice, I probably still would rather watch it at home. Yeah, I agree. I was to say you don't have Dolby Atmos in your in your vehicle. That's uh, no. crazy to me. I, mean, uh, I checked. I didn't. I didn't have it installed. But no, I, I totally agree with you too. I mean, I think you know for us that's important. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's as important as it once was for a lot of moviegoers. I mean, we're seeing more and more people that are consuming film on like their tablets and phones, which I think is insane. Personally, uh, I don't Dude, really know that that's a great way to I hate consume it, so it. because light is the like the worst like everything gets reflected on your phone mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't see what's going on in the movie but yet people live and die by watching stuff on their phones which is insane to me yeah it is it, it is to me as well i i mean you know i agree with you but uh, you know again that's one of those things that that is kind of where we're at and i don't know i just think this is a golden opportunity for people to start really figuring out what you know cinema distribution is going to look like because it's going to it's not this is probably going to take a number of years to actually recover from i would assume like mm -hmm. yeah and that's unfortunate and it's difficult but i mean in the meantime you know you got to figure something out and it's crazy too because like i think it was uh netflix even like that released like this whole behind the scenes thing of like the witcher yep and it's like, do do the same thing. Put Tenet on HBO Max. Like, do the rental. Throw the commentary. Get all the sweet ass extra bonus material. Like, make make it worth people's while to shell out like thirty to forty bucks to buy or rent this thing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like do whatever you got to do. Like, I mean, shit. If I was Christopher Nolan, I'd start zooming people. Like, let's go. Like, I'll live commentate it while you're watching it because we need to make back, you know, $800 million so I can make the next crazy idea that I have that <laughs> is amazing, you know? Like, yeah. 
Uh, well, so on similar note, on the other side of the comic book w- movie world, Black Widow is also moving from its November uh, release date to December, I think. Um, uh, yeah, let me see. Make sure. It's November date moving to sometime in December. I, I, I can't remember, but uh, it's also they're also moving... Or maybe it's it's no, there's no concrete idea of where it goes. Oh, so they don't even know yet. It's so they're pushing it back here, huh? They're just pushing it back. Yeah, they're just pushing it back as as well as uh, the new Pixar movie Soul, which hmm. people are thinking. I think there's a lot of talk about Soul might go to Disney Plus, just like Mulan did. Um, whereas Black Widow is still they're still c- contemplating putting that in the theater. Hmm. Um. I I mean. I, I really I don't I really don't know the numbers for Mulan and how well that did. Uh, so, plus I mean these streaming sites don't really need to tell anybody numbers, or there's no no third party that that rates that stuff, right? There's no Nielsen's for streaming yet. I mean, there probably never will be because they're private entities, and like it's in their best interest never to disclose that information because the reality is the more. The more like secretive they can keep it, the more like negotiation and bargaining power they have, right? So uh, it does make a large degree of sense. Uh, that's not to say that someone couldn't, maybe through APIs or or some other way, try to you, use bots or something to start kind of tracking that stuff. But even then, I would imagine they'd have some degree of control over that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely in their best interest not to release those numbers uh, at all, because, you know, it, it definitely strengthens their arguments on negotiating uh, contracts or purchasing, you know, agreement like licensing agreements and things like that. So and, you know, especially Disney, I mean, I don't know what their financial situation is right now. I'm sure they're losing a boatload of money on the park being closed for as long as it was. I mean, I'm sure they've absolutely taken a hit. Uh, but they were probably in a pretty good spot to start with. I would, I would have to guess. So yeah, they, guess they were, they were, yeah, they were up high, and and the, I think the the thing you they would, you know, the the saving grace, so to speak, is that everybody is taking a big hit. Everybody oh, except yeah. Amazon. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Uh, well, I don't even want to get started on that whole thing like that big old problem with twitch that uh, they already started moonwalking out of now yep <laughs> but it's so funny yeah, yeah i mean amazon's gone up like or at least jeff bezos in general i think went up like almost 80 billion dollars like in his net worth just from the start of the pandemic and it's like that is i mean great for him but completely bonkers well i mean it's like no person needs to have that much money that's that's insane but uh, I mean, if he made that much money, Amazon had to have been, had to have made quite a bit. So I'm, you would hope, right? I mean, you would definitely, definitely hope. But uh, I guess with the other thing to think about with uh, direct comparison, sort of to Soul and Black Widow, if I had to make a guess, the production budget for Soul also probably quite a bit lower than Black Widow. So I mean, there's probably not as much you know, of like a financial gamble in a, in a sense as I guess what they would think of it as by doing the Mulan route for that, you know, like, but Black Widow, they probably have some pretty serious budget into, I would guess. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, 
the budget had to have been uh, pretty big. I mean, but I imagine the Mulan budget had been pretty big too. So uh, I do too. That's what I was to say. I feel like that would be more of a direct comparison, but I feel like the, you know, soul is, it, it, it's a little bit short-sighted because it's not to say animated movies aren't expensive. They, they are, but uh, I feel like they probably spent less on it than, than black widow and Mulan, you know? Yeah, I could see that. I, I definitely would say that their promotion budget was had to have been less because I don't remember seeing much. I think I only saw the one trailer for Soul, and that's it. I haven't even heard about it until you just said its name right now, and I was literally like, "What?" <laughs> that's fair. Well, still talking about the MCU though, uh, we did get a casting announcement for a very big character in the M- in the Marvel universe. Um, his, uh, the character is Kang the Conqueror and it's in, uh, there, it was because of the casting of Jonathan Majors. Um, I don't know if you saw the five bloods or if you're currently watching Lovecraft country on HBO max or HBO. I don't know if if it's on HBO or not. It's on HBO max. So that's where I watch it. But, uh, he's an incredible actor. He is really good. And if he's gonna be playing Kong the King, King the Conqueror, sorry, uh, in the next Ant Man movie, as it's being uh, reported, that's gonna be really interesting that they brought in King the Conqueror. It's all about he's all about time travel, so it's obviously would be a direct result from Endgame. I mean, I think it makes sense. I mean, just looking at uh, how everything with Endgame happened and and kind of some of the setup, I I could see them absolutely going that route. Uh, I don't know much about the actor, but uh, I feel like that's kind of a good thing. I feel like the more fresh-faced young bloods we can get in there, um, I feel like the better it's going to be because that's that, so many times that just takes me out of the movies now. I mean, that's what really caught me off guard about like the Batman trailer was like thinking that that was Colin Farrell, and I was like, "Where is he? What <laughs> what was he doing?" But I think it's always good when they can get some new fresh faces in there and uh, or up and coming faces or maybe lesser knowns that uh, can really take on the character and, and not detract from it too much, you know? So before uh, we get into the movie and I probably should have asked you this before uh, we started recording, but did you happen to check out the Dune trailer? Uh, yeah. Yeah. what do you think? Were you a big fan of uh, David Lynch's Dune? Uh, well, I don't, uh, hmm. I love David Lynch. I really do. And, uh, as, as far as I understand the, the story behind it was, is he was originally supposed to re- direct, uh, return of the Jedi. And, uh, maybe I, it was one of them. I forget which, but he, he walked away from it. Cause he's like, that's just not what I, I don't, I don't do sci-fi. That's not me. And the, then they kind of like, because of his contract forced him into directing Dune and I think at one point he was saying he was like standing on like a a lift thing with like a megaphone in front of like 5,000 extras, kind of like not really sure what to do. And I can imagine, because I mean, if you go from making these kind of like really small movies that you're super passionate about to making something that uh, is mega ginormous, uh, that's, a, I mean, that's kind of a fish out of water. Uh, but... Uh, I haven't watched uh, David Lynch's Dune in a, in a very long time, and I'm going to be very honest. As a as a super wicked dyslexic person, I can assure you, I have not read the book. <laughs> I've looked at it and went, mm, 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 not, not mm, 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 mm. 
probably not going to ever happen. Uh, I think it'd be cool to go back and do like an audible thing and listen to it. But um, I'm sure it's available. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I remember the movie being like, OK, but like it's also a pretty old movie. And um, certainly technology's gotten a lot better. Right. <laughs> and I think the other side of this equation is that you look at the two situations where David Lynch was at in his career, what he was focused on, what he's passionate about. And then you look at Denny Villeneuve or Villain Villain Wave. I don't know how to say his name. I'm so sorry, Denny. Um, I love you though. I love Blade Runner 2049. Woo. Um, and so, you know, you look at where they were at in their careers when they both got handed this project. And my best guess is, is that uh Denny probably got a lot more control and a lot more money to do, you know, especially after doing Blade Runner and it, you know doing pretty well i would i would say um yeah so i i feel like that's kind of a hard situation to be in as well right but did i don't know did you like the david lynch one i mean when's the last time you watched it i watched the david lynch the last time i watched it was probably about ooh, i want to say 2011 2010 ooh. somewhere around there so to 10 about a decade ago but that was also the first time i've ever i ever watched it oh really yeah but did uh, you did you like it? Not so much. No, didn't care for it. Do you, do you recall like why? So, did yeah. you read the book? Were you a fan of the book at all? Like, I never read the book. No, no? I, I okay. never read. And I, I understand it's a, it's a very political heavy book, and it's you know it's all about uh, intrigue and royal families and and uh, you know bloodlines and all that kind of stuff. And then then you get the sci fi, uh, you know, tropes and and storylines and stuff like that. And, I, I don't know. Like, I guess the, the definitely this, the special effects, it, it all made it look very, very cheesy to me. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I actually like that kind of sci-fi all that much. Cause I'm, I've never been a big star Wars fan. I've never really been a big, uh, uh, star Trek fan. I guess if you want to put them all into the same category of being outer space sci-fi stuff, uh, I mean, they are. But I feel like okay. Let me ask you a different question. Were you a huge fan of Game of Thrones? I was. Yes. Oh, because see, I feel like based on on like Dune, I feel like that's almost kind of more of what it feels like, but in space. Yeah, you're right. I get that. It's definitely the same type of story, and it's. Maybe maybe you just need to have that. Uh, I need it to be that long form storytelling, like over seasons and stuff, as opposed to two to three hours for a movie. Because the Denny Villeneuve movie is going to be two, a two parter. It's going to it's it's splitting the book into two parts. Um, and in like I, yes, I love him as a director too. Prisoners is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, like it, it's he's just so good. So. Well, and that's what I was going to say. That's the hard thing, too, is you look at the size of that book and then you're like, eh, that's probably like 50 hours of reading. <laughs> and you're going to cram that into a two hour movie like eh, I don't think so. It almost feels like, yeah, it needs to be like an ongoing series that, you know, is like House of Cards money, like 10,000 or 10 million an episode or something or like Game of Thrones, like 10 million on one battle sequence like. Well, you know, it almost I mean, feels like it needs to be something like that. But I know that people that are fans of the fans of the book, at least the people I've talked to, were huge fans of the early two thousand sci-fi channel uh, miniseries that they did. Oh. So that was like I think it was like over four, four like four nights of two hours each, or two hours of TV time, so hour and forty minutes, hour and thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so there's that. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I'm definitely gonna go see the movie. I'm also not a big fan of Timothy Chalamet. So. You know, the funny thing is, is you are not the first person I've heard. I think that is the biggest thing I've heard said about this is everyone's like, oh, boy. Like, and I was like, oh, I I liked him. I thought he was good in the things I've seen him in. But is there what can you elaborate more on that? Like, is it just nothing? I'll I'll I'll, I will uh, put the disclaimer in that I have not seen Call Me By Your Name, but. Uh, some of his other stuff that I've seen, just nothing really stuck out to me. Like, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. And uh, like, I can't really think of anything where I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed the choices he made there, kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I think it did really well in Call Me by Your Name. Uh, I think there's obviously some really strong content matter, and uh. I don't know. Based on current political situations, I'm surprised there wasn't a call to cancel whoever picked that movie up when it came out. But uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it won an Academy Award or something like that. So obviously, people were okay with it. Uh, but it does deal with some difficult content matter, and I mean, there's some pretty strong emotional things that are in there. Um, do you feel like so? You think it's just his choices that he makes? Do you, but do you feel like? you can't buy into the characters that he's trying to convey, or do you think it's more of just like a lack of like an emotional type connection to what he's trying to vibe out there? More the, the, the characters like he, he just, he's, he's a lot he, to me. He's a lot like Ty Sheridan. Like it's, it's just, he's just playing a guy kind of thing. Like it's, he's not making choices that make me think, Oh yeah. Like this is different from the last character I saw him play kind of thing. Okay, so how uh, how do you feel about like Shannon Tatum and like George Clooney? Like, do you have the same problem or I the same problem with George Clooney? Most definitely, like he's hmm. George Clooney's always playing the same guy. I just also his movies aren't dramatic movies; they're all comedies or act, you know, sometimes action stuff. So I don't need that depth of character in those movies because I got all this other stuff that's going in dramatic movies. You got to have you got to bring the character. You got to bring the acting. Like there's nothing else that's going to distract the audience, especially me. And you know, I am not the brightest person. So I need, I need, <laughs> I, I need uh, the distraction, I guess. Um, Channing Tatum, like, I mean, I think the most dramatic role I've ever seen him in is magic Mike. And that, you know, that's, there's, there's a lot of other stuff going on in that movie. I, I I'm not, I'm never sitting there like, Oh, New Channing Tatum movie coming out. I can't wait for it. It's what? Just, yeah, you're, no. You're not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't believe you. No. Uh, okay. So what about uh, what about Keanu? Because I feel like a lot of people. Let, well, let, I'll, let me throw two more out there, if I may, because I feel like these kind of also fall into that uh, as, as a broad generalization. I would say I, I think a lot of people feel this way. But how do you feel about Keanu Reeves and Kristen Stewart? Uh, I. Kristen Stewart, I think she does make some interesting choices, especially when uh, what projects she chooses. Once again, though, I'm never like, oh, I can't wait for that new Kristen Stewart movie to come out. I will be like, oh, I can't wait to see that new Keanu movie. <laughs> like, uh, as much as like people like to give him guff about being very wooden in his acting, I think that he does bring different things to different roles. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Did you cut out? Yeah. No, I don't know. I, if if that makes sense, basically. 
No, I, I think it totally does. And and I I would agree with you. I think, you know, Kristen Stewart certainly has had, as as every actor has, this is not uniquely a situation with Kristen Stewart, but I mean, like every, every actor has had ups and downs and roles that have been better and, you know, things like that. Uh, I would agree with you. I think she's made some really intriguing choices behind the films that she's chosen to be a part of. Uh, and, I, and I would agree with you too. I, I think the biggest thing for Keanu is that, A, he's just so gosh darn likable. Uh, and, and you're right, I would watch him do anything. Um, but, but I also agree with you too. I think he has, like, even though it's like, okay, so I'm trying to think of a, of a good way to reference this. Like, I was going to go with like some sort of a music uh, analogy, but I really don't know anything about music, so that wouldn't probably be a good one. But like, I feel like, you know, he, his range isn't maybe necessarily like as broad as some other actors, but it's like you said, he finds like maybe like one or two things that he can really highlight about a character and do something that feels different within those little highlighted moments of that character. And I think, you know, kind of going back to like picking off of Kristen Stewart, I think he's also picked some really interesting movies to be a part of. Like, uh, like just he's had such a great career full of like amazing content that, uh, you know, obviously because he's probably such a hard worker and such a nice person, like people want to work with him. And so, you know, he's probably gotten a lot of opportunity there, but uh, I, I would agree with you. I, I, I don't, I've never felt like he had to have this, massive Daniel Day-Lewis range in order for me to be like, oh, I want to watch his movies. You know, it's like, I agree. I mean, th they showed digital Keanu in Cyberpunk 2077 and I almost lost my crap, you know what I mean? So, and I was like already into the game, but then I'm like, well, I'm going to buy like 30 copies now instead of just one, you know, like. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you though. And and it's like, you can almost find just these little dynamic bits of, of all of his characters that feel different, you know, uh, like everything from like his character in speed to like Bill and Ted to even just comparing like Neo and John Wick, right? Like there's these little kind of almost idiosyncrasies that these characters do that make them dynamically livable on their own. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that's, I think it's an interesting observation for sure. Okay, Richard, I think uh, we've postponed it long enough. <laughs> Should I just hit you in the face and then you hit me in the face and then we can get in a, a limo and get out of here? Yeah, we could definitely do that. That, that scene, like, okay, we're talking about the binge now. And that scene, like, in a movie that just drags, that scene took forever. And I couldn't understand. I don't, I really don't understand why. So the, the director of this movie, is a uh, director Jeremy Gerlich. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a lot of TV in here uh, as stuff that he's directed, but he uh, also directed the wedding ringer. Oh, go ahead. He, he directed what? the wedding ringer with uh, Josh Gad and uh, Kevin Hart. And well, he was also like the producer on the breakup, and I think he was involved with like a bad company way back in 2002, like Chris Rock and and Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh wow! Okay, so, I mean, he's that's, been in the industry for a while. He's been, okay. That's fine, but I'm just saying, like, I loved the Wedding Ringer. Like, I think that is a hilarious movie. And then this movie is just, 
So let's go with the premise first. It's like basically someone's like, hey, we want to make a teen comedy, but we also want to make The Purge and put it together. I was just going to say, I liked this movie better when it was called The Purge. <laughs> like the idea that I guess, uh, what was it? it al- alcohol and drugs have been made illegal except for the, what, 10 hours that they're allowed to, to be had, but also you you can be 18 and drink. Yeah, it's almost like a, it's almost like a domestic rumspringer, uh, yeah. if you will. I think the the thing that I don't know might lend itself to this is uh, th- so this movie is written by uh, Jordan Van Dina or Van Dina Dina something like that, um, and this is actually as far as I can tell the first feature length movie that uh, he's written. Okay, uh, so, and I and I I feel like that definitely feels like this because you're right there there I don't know it's. Uh, it's a hard movie to watch and and not because of the subject matter at all. Like it's just a hard movie to, to actually care about or to get invested in. And maybe we're just the wrong demograph. Like maybe, maybe. maybe just don't do enough drugs and drink enough alcohol. And we're not we're 30 also years younger. Or- we're not in college anymore. It's, it's, it's definitely that type of movie. It, it's, it's American Pie for this generation, I guess. But like, uh, no, I have a hard time even saying that because like American Pie is still kind of like a phenomenon in its own right. And there's I there, this movie's not going to be that. <laughs> no, no, I definitely don't think it's going to hit that status. Uh, but then, you know, American Pie probably went on for way too many sequels and and spinoffs and stuff like that. That just kind of brings down the first movie, I would think. It, I'm sure that the generation ahead of us was like American Pie. Like, give me back my Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, it's it, it's just the next thing, and and it's just not for us. Like on one hand, I feel like that's completely true, and I agree wholeheartedly with it. But then on the other hand, I'm like, it's also just not a good movie. It It really isn't. (laughs) Like, like, did you have a? I had a really hard time with believing any of our three main characters are in high school. Like they seemed, even though they all are acting young and dressed in a young way, they just they just looked older to me. Well, I think it's just something, uh, I don't know, there's just something about the way that it's filmed as well that, yeah, I mean, they definitely don't feel like high school students, but I mean, again, or college students, but I mean, no, uh, high school students. they are, right? Yeah, that's right, because they're going to prom, yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely don't feel like that. Um, and I don't, I don't know. They're just, it's just like, if you thought about kind of like every movie that's kind of similar to this you know if you think about um oh man i'm even drawing a blank on this like what was the ryan reynolds one um ben wilder ben wilder like if you think about that you think about like blue mountain state like uh america pie you think about like all these like movies uh and then you kind of put them in a blender and then you like strain out like basically all the good parts and then then this is movie is what's kind of left right because it feels like they try to do a lot of the same like gags and jokes and things like that and 
it just doesn't land at all. Like the whole thing with the cow, I was like, what in the, like they, they sort of hit a cow, but don't really hit a cow. And then their thought process is like, we're going to resuscitate this cow by jacking it full of like marijuana and mollies and like, you know, whatever else they had in there. And then for no reason at all, the cow starts punching them in the face and like just spraying milk everywhere. And then it runs off and gets hit by a semi truck immediately. And it's like, okay, like, oh, it's not really funny, I, I guess. You know, what, you know what the other like direct, like, uh, counterpart to this movie is? Is uh, super bad. Like, it's almost oh, yeah. exactly the same storyline. Like, the, even to the point where the three friends split up at the, you know, at one point because they had a big fight and, then you come they come back together at the main party kind of thing it's just there you're right there's so many things from other movies in this that it just did not come together well also project x yeah yeah there's uh, project x in here too yeah yeah it, it, it and you're right and, and so here's the thing and i mean it's it's not a problem to necessarily do something that another movie has done right i mean it happens all the time and so we have mm-hmm. like deep impact armageddon the illusionist the prestige mm-hmm. uh white house has fallen and olymp no olympus has fallen a white house down like i mean that that happens all the time like that's not a stretch right but the problem is is that when you're going to do that you have to find a way to elevate it beyond the other movies that have have predated you. And it, it just it's just not here. Like every bit of the comedy just really felt so forced, like none of it felt really organic at all. Uh, I don't even and I don't know, maybe I am uh you know, maybe I'm Vince Vaughn's character in this and I'm like yelling, get off my lawn, you damn tweaker kids. Like, and then I'm realizing it's my old senile neighbor that doesn't know how to drive a car, but I just (laughs) didn't laugh at all in this. Like I, I, I don't think there was any real standout moment or performances. Uh, and again, I agree with you. It kind of sucks to to sit here and say all that. I mean, I felt bad when I did it with the tax collector. Um, <laughs> but the different the difference there too, though, is I think the tax collector had so much potential to actually be something different, and then fail to kind of the same thing, which is also even more ironic because the movies that it were faltering to were previous David Ayer movies. Yeah. Yeah. So that made even less sense to me. But like with this, I really do agree with you. I think this is the problem. It 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 just does not elevate beyond all of these other movies that have stepped into this arena and fought for our laughter and our attention. Uh, and it it this movie just got knocked the f out by all the other ones like quickly. It's crazy. And do you think that like on a social like conscious like level like. I mean, obviously, there's just there's a lot of problems with this movie, but uh, they depict a world where no one has ever had a drink or done any drugs before this day. And then on this day, these three characters do so much stuff. They should be dead three times over. At minimum. At minimum. minimum. Yeah. Like it like. This is like an I like you're putting this idea into kids' heads that are going into college and then definitely are going to have alcohol poisoning at the very least. Like it, it that's it was I don't know, that was 
it, the the excess was just kind of brain hurting at, at a point. Well, yeah, and even like the kind of climax of the movie where they're you know competing in this four person uh, gauntlet, and the the kid is plowing down a Scarface mountain of powdered sugar. And then even starts doing like they're literally just quoting Starface, like or Scarface. The whole like dialogue at the, the that moment is literally just the the stuff from Scarface. And yeah. you're like, okay, like that's. I mean, homage is one thing, but like this just isn't. And then and then it's like if we're not the demographic for this movie. I don't think Scarface is the movie you want to go with because I don't think kids that are are the demographic for this movie uh, are big into Scarface. I don't. I honestly, I don't know. Like, I was surprised when people my age were into Scarface at the time I was in high school. So it could still be making its way around. But I don't know. And then, if you want to talk about a movie throwing everything in, as well as the kitchen sink, smack dab in the middle of a move, the movie is a a musical number it, the, mm-hmm. the whole cast like breaks into song and dance and i'm like what is going on i understand these on hallucinogens at the point but like what is what even is going on i again i i don't know that moment happened and i was like okay yeah i feel like we've been here before too like it is it i really don't necessarily think it was that funny when it happened then and that it's just not really landing with me now either unfortunately like like, like the director was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to make another movie, so I'm going to make all the movies right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, there definitely uh, feels like a lack of cohesion or uh, or of like a really good idea of what you want to do with the movie. And there's not even like a really heartfelt coming of age story in here no. either. Like no. there's there's the big moral at the end of it is my friend actually cared about me. Like, that's it. That was the big moral. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, is there anything that you thought was good about the movie? It looks visually good. Like it shot well, uh, to kind of way backtrack to the Dune thing. That was the real issue I had with the trailer was the soundtrack, uh, in the Dune trailer. It, I thought it was kind of, awful and didn't really fit and i feel like that was a kind of a big part i mean obviously the music kind of fits here because they're just singing about doing drugs and uh pulling their pants down or whatever the f i don't know uh but yeah the 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 score for the movie was not great but i think visually it looked it looked good like it was shot well like that's probably the best I could do. And I feel horrible. Like I'm sure, I don't know, maybe there was something else in here, but I don't really know what it would be. I mean, I'm, I'm not, there's not much for me either. Uh, I would say that I like the fact that Vince Vaughn is in the movie. I'm not saying that he did well in the movie, but like just to see him was kind of cool. Um, it, it's weird. Like seeing Vince Vaughn in like, cause I don't know if you saw the trailer this week for uh, his, his, a new movie that he has coming out called freaky. Where it's basically uh, Freaky Friday, but a horror movie. Because, so you remember the movie Hot Chick with Rob Schneider and Rachel McAdams? Yeah. So the same idea, but instead of following, uh, oh no, yeah, you're, you're same idea, but the 
guy who takes over the girl's body is a serial killer. So Vince Vaughn plays a serial killer who switches bodies with a young high school girl. And now Vince Vaughn is trying to convince Vince Vaughn with the high school girl inside of him is trying to convince the high school girlfriends that she's the high school girl and the high school girl that is also the serial killer is killing high schoolers. Uh, okay. So Vince Vaughn is making decisions right now about what he wants to make, what kind of movies he wants to make, or he's getting paid. <laughs> I mean, and and you know, I got I got uh, nothing wrong with that. I mean, get the get that money. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I like Vince Vaughn. I I, I really do. I, I've liked him in a lot of his movies, but. Uh, and I'm glad he's in this too. I agree. It's it's nice to see him in it, but but that's about it, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. yeah. I think before this, I I saw him in Fighting with My Family, which he has a very uh, co-star like type uh, role where he he dro- comes in, drops a couple pieces of knowledge, and then you know walks right out. And then uh, Brawl in Cell Block or Cell Block Ninety Nine or yeah, yeah, that was. I think that was the last thing I saw him in as a star, and that's just a brutal fucking movie. Hmm. Yeah, I still need to watch that one. I I, I heard it was pretty good, but I haven't got around to it yet. So, uh, yeah. Uh, last thing I wanted to say, just because it's kind of an interesting piece of trivia, um, the actor who played uh, what was his name? Andrew, the long-haired friend. Uh huh. Yeah. Movie? Is his name the actor's name is Eduardo Franco and he's from Yuma. He's from our hometown. Oh, no way. Yep. That's amazing. Just thought that was an interesting piece of trivia. That is really intriguing, actually. Okay, so that was the binge. We don't have a lot of uh positive things to say about the movie. I I I mean I but just, but if if you watched it and you liked it, I would I would genuinely love to hear what it was that connected with you. And I'm not saying that facetiously. Like I genuinely would love to to hear from people, maybe on uh, Twitter or something. That's about right. Maybe how they connected with it. So if you'd like to talk to me about the binge or any of the other things that we talked about today. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Where can people find you online, uh, Richard? Your name uh, is... Yeah, yeah. You're Mitch, too? No way. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rycohen, R-I-C-O-W-N. And uh, you can sometimes <laughs> find me on Twitch, uh, usually a lot more than currently. I've just been busy with work and stuff. But uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash... Ray Cohen and the number one, R I C O W N, and then a number one. Very cool. You can find the rest of uh, Geek Elite Media on Twitter at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Uh, check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekelitemedia.com. If you want to check out the exclusive material that we have on our Patreon, it is there. We have so much exclusive material. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. I think we're coming up with some great stuff over there. So please go check that out. Give whatever you can, uh, if you can. And then uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, please, whatever podcatcher you use, rate and review us so that it can help spread the word of our network. But until next time, 
This is the Mitch and Rich Show on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.